Welcome to GBMA Education's Biosimilar podcast series. In the hospital setting, cost savings from increased biosimilar medicine use could be reinvested in the hospital system to further support patient care. In this, the ninth episode in a series of 12 podcasts, Dr. Simon Garley, gastroenterologist, will discuss his insights about the same study and his approach to counselling patients about a switch to a biosimilar brand of a biological medicine. Welcome, Dr. Garley, and thank you for participating in GBMA Education's Biosimilar podcast. Firstly, when did you first use a biosimilar medicine? So we first started using um, biosimilars at St. Vincent's in 2017. Um, this was something we'd been considering for approximately 12 months before we actually started prescribing um, the medication. We saw this as an opportunity, um, an opportunity to reinvest back into our service, um, to improve the care we're able to provide um, for the patients through the opportunity um, or the cost gain um, through prescribing biosimilars. It meant that we could um, hire extra nursing support, extra administrative um, support to our service. Can you outline the process that you undertook in your hospital to change to a biosimilar medicine? So when we decided to make a switch uh, to biosimilars, the first part of the process was to discuss within our own department, within our um, inflammatory bowel disease unit, um, amongst the clinicians, um, nursing staff, our head of department, and we agreed that, um, yes, this would be um, uh, beneficial to um, the department and the patients um, to make the switch. Then there were some key stakeholders that we uh, wanted to get on board, so our director of pharmacy, um, was crucial um, and she was very um, supportive with making uh, the change. Uh, and then it was a process of going through to the Drug and Therapeutic uh, Committee and putting the case um, to them. After the case was made to the um, DTC and, and they approved it, and then we had to physically go through the logistics of how we were gonna make the switch putting together patient information leaflets, um, educating um, the rest of the pharmacy staff, educating the uh, infusion um, clinic staff as well. Uh, and then we were able to proceed with actually uh, phasing, uh, phasing in biosimilars. Did you encounter any objections? So in the process of introducing biosimilars, there were some concerns brought up at the um, Drug and Therapeutic Committee meeting. So one of those concerns were, um, how can we have faith in the biosimilar company that they're gonna stay in the country and they're not gonna just disappear after a year or two and then we're gonna be in the lurch with our patients who are on this drug that's no longer commercially available um, or how reliable are they in terms of providing stock? Um, are, we, are there gonna be stock um, shortages? And so we were able to address that that fortunately the biosimilars are provided by big companies, um, um, including Pfizer and MSD, who are multinational um, pharmaceutical uh, companies with a very good um, track record in Australia and worldwide. The other concern was, well, if, we, if a major motivation behind this is the cost benefit, um, uh, what we will do, I guess, if the originator product um, are competitive and reduce their price and there's no longer a, a, an advantage to using the drug. And, and in that case, this really came down to an argument, well, there is an advantage uh, at the moment. We've got to look at this from a, a broader sense of uh, keeping uh, the companies viable in Australia uh, and promoting that competition because we need the competition um, in the Australian market to uh, continue to drive the prices down 
uh, to make it sustainable uh, for the PBS. Mm. Can you tell us about the switch study you're involved in? So we decided to do the switch study um, after uh, both uh, we at St Vincent's had decided to uh, introduce biosimilars and switch our patients, and we're going to do a pharmacovigilance program looking at the outcomes of our patients who had switched, and we're going to compare it to um, our other patients who um, uh, had not switched. And we found out that at Fiona Stanley, um, Dr Lena Tin uh, was uh, carrying out a, a similar program, so we decided to um, merge the two projects together into the same study. What information do you give a patient switching to a biosimilar medicine? So when switching uh, patients, we give them all a one-page um, handout that has very clear information about what a biosimilar is, why we're switching, what the benefits are of switching, and any um, uh, try to address any issues around how effective this is compared to um, the originator product and the safety um, of switching. Um, this is in addition to also counselling um, our patients around, around those. We've found that it's really a balance between giving too much information that promotes anxiety that's sort of unwarranted, but uh, compared to just giving enough information um, and keeping this in a positive light and positively reinforcing uh, the use of um, uh, what's really now we know from a huge world experience, um, a, a very effective and safe medication. Were there any concerns raised by the patient after being switched? So some of our patients after they switched reported um, symptoms in our pharmacovigilance program of um, some were um, uh, joint pains, um, fatigue, um, really some quite non-specific uh, symptoms, which we felt were probably part of the nocebo uh, effect um, more than anything else. So in those cases, we sort of obviously assessed the patients, we tried to work out whether there was um, uh, uh, any objective evidence of a, of a drug reaction, um, but most of the time we were able to counsel and reassure patients and continue with treatment. In the cases that we weren't sure, we um, stopped the treatment to see if there was any change and then restarted the treatment um, and, and most of the time we were able to continue treatment without any problems. When you write a prescription for a biological medicine, do you specify a brand? When we prescribe um, any biologic, uh, we have got into the practice of prescribing by brand and we did this probably 12 months before using biosimilars because we knew that these were coming and it would be really important to be um, specific about the brand uh, prescribed, And this was really essential in the switching process because when we switched our patients, we uh, did it in a uh, gradual or phased process. So when their current script with the originator brand ran out, that was the new script would be in a biosimilar um, uh, brand. So all of our patients on their scripts will say either uh, Inflectra infliximab or Remicade uh, infliximab. And that's actually uh, uh, one of the uh, recommendations um, in, in the biosimilar uh, guidelines to prescribe by both, both brand and um, generic name. Does the A-flag status of a biosimilar have an impact on your decision to choose a biosimilar medicine? So the issue around A-flagging where the uh, community pharmacy or the pharmacist can decide what brand to um, dispense, um, uh, there are concerns around inadvertent multiple switches happening. So patients um, having one brand one time, another brand another, then back to the first brand. And 
while this may be safe, we don't have the data um, to prove the safety of, of multiple switches. So uh, as clinicians, we'd very much like to avoid that and have close monitoring in advance of what brand patients are being prescribed and that a decision to switch is a um, purposeful, intended decision and we can monitor it. And have you noticed any differences in outcomes between the biosimilar and the reference product? I haven't noticed any differences in how a biosimilar works compared to uh, the originator um, reference product. Uh, in our clinical experience, it's been just as effective. We haven't had any complications. We're watching this, though, very closely through a pharmacovigilance program. Um, we haven't had any signals so far. Uh, and this would fit, I guess, with the overseas experience um, that have been using biosimilars um, for at least the last uh, 10 years. How would you describe what a biosimilar medicine is to your patient? When I talk to a patient about a biosimilar and what it is, uh, what I emphasise to them that this is uh, a molecule that works just as effectively um, as the originator uh, molecule, um, the effectiveness, the side effects, the potential risks um, are identical. What information would you provide to a patient starting on a biosimilar medicine? I don't talk to patients about the science or the molecular structure of biosimilars compared to uh, originators because at the end of the day, it's not clinically relevant. Um, these are equally effective uh, medications. The side effects um, are the same. And if we really get into the science, um, yes, there are um, molecular differences because of the manufacturing uh, process, but there are also molecular differences um, longitudinally over time with the originator or reference product um, where the originator today is slightly different to the originator um, three years ago. And this is an inherent um, uh, part of uh, biologic uh, medications. How much experience do we have with biosimilar medicines? So biosimilars have been available in Australia since 2010 for a number of different medications uh, and indications. Uh, we've been using it in our centre um, now for uh, two years. It's been a very positive experience. My colleagues have also um, been using it in uh, other hospitals interstate with similarly reassuring and positive um, experiences. Uh, and if we look at uh, the overseas experience where, where we have a lot of information, a lot of uh, data, um, it's been uh, very reassuring. Um, on, on a side note, I've spent uh, two weeks in, in Germany in one of their IBD units um, recently and uh, it's, uh, all their patients are on, on biosimilars uh, and, uh, and that's just part of practice and second nature that is not thought twice of. Thank you, Dr Simon Garley, for joining us. We appreciate your time. For those listening online, the next podcast in our series by GBMA Education will be with David Ford, who will provide insights into his experience with biosimilar medicines from a hospital pharmacy perspective. If you'd like to know more about biosimilar medicines in Australia, please visit the Biosimilar Hub at www.biosimilarhub.com.au.